All right, new heavy rotation episode this week. I'm with Rhea Mahesh, and we're doing Punisher, Phoebe Bridgers. I'm so excited for this one. Rhea, good to have you on. Happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, do you want to let's let's talk about the album really quick? Just quick Wikipedia introduction of it um, before we get into our relationships with the album. Um, so Punisher, if you don't know, it's the second studio album by American singer songwriter Phoebe Bridgers. Um, and it was released back in June of 2020. Um, she has been around for a while, like since the late 2010s. She released um, Stranger in the Alps back in 2017. If you know the song Motion Sickness, that was on there. Um, and this is her second album, and it is absolutely fantastic. Rhea, do you have any opening comments about Punisher? Yeah, I think that... Um... <clears throat> This is really when Phoebe started to come into her own sound. I think that the production quality is fantastic on it. It has a really grand sounding feel throughout the entire album. And yeah, it's meant a lot to so many people and I'm excited to dive into it. Um, and one thing, you know, before we get started, she had a ton of collaborators on this album. I mean, it was jam packed with, you know, so many different talented, talented musicians and um, writers. You know, you had Julian Baker, Lucy Dacus, Connor Oberst from The Bright Eyes. Do you have any of those like that stand out to you? And the reason I'm asking is because of our first question. If you like blank, you will like Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah, I think um, the fact that she, well, I think the great example of this is in I Know the End when she has the whole like screaming part of it. And there are so many people that are like in that scream. I mean, it's like, it's her whole band, but also like Tom Berlin is screaming on that, like Connor Oberst, all boy genius. And, um, you know, her band itself is just like really impressive. Like Marshall Vore is a fantastic drummer. Um, he also was a great producer. He produced, um, girl puppies singles, which I'm a huge fan of her work. And, um, Harrison Whitford is a fantastic guitarist. And she just has like a really stacked band as well. But um, I think that Tony Berg, who's the producer of the album, just did such a fantastic job with like keeping the same like Phoebe Bridgers motifs that are in like Stranger in the Alps, like keeping the same like singer songwriter folk rock feel, but also like bringing it more into like mainstream indie, like bigger production value and like farther from singer songwriter type production, which I thought was really cool. It definitely sounds a lot richer on this album, especially like all the vocals. There's way more ambient noise in the background. Like you hear absolutely like every, like it, it feels like she was able to capture all her emotions, everything that's the song is trying to encapsulate in each of these with like all the production value there's it's so eerie i i, I absolutely loved it um is there are there any artists to you that stand out like maybe you know phoebe bridgers in herself she's incredibly famous now this album was in, like you know very critically acclaimed for people who don't know her though um are there any artists that you know kind of provide a good jumping off point that you might if you like this person you might like phoebe yeah i think um the easy answers to that question are Connor Oberst, Elliot Smith, um, and obviously Julian Baker and Lucy Dacus. But I would like go farther to say that if you like Mitski, you would like Phoebe Bridgers. Um, honestly, if you like Taylor Swift, you would like Phoebe Bridgers. Um, 
yeah, I think that pretty much anybody that's kind of in like that singer songwriter realm, like even like a lot of people that like Phoebe Bridgers were like mm-hmm. Ed Sheeran stands when they were in middle school. So like really, I think <laughs> anybody that likes songwriting that's good would like Phoebe Bridgers. Hey, I was a big Ed Sheeran fan back in high school, so you know, <laughs> on brand right there. Um, yeah, especially Connor Oberst and Sam Elliott, though. Um, I, I had a big Bright Eyes phase. I remember watching that movie Boyhood, and at the end, they, like somebody referenced the Bright oh, Eyes, yeah. and I was like, that sounds pretty interesting. <laughs> and all of his stuff is so great, and to hear the way that he you know, worked with Phoebe Bridgers on this album was so, so, so cool. Um what are what are your favorite tracks? You know, like what which ones stand out to you the most? Yeah, the first time that I listened to it, I remember like being really really obsessed with Moon Song and Chinese Satellite. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, the longer that I listen to the album, the more that other songs are starting to grow on me. Like Savior Complex was probably like one of my least favorite songs the first time I listened to it, but now I think it's one of my favorites, and. Um, mm-hmm. I but I think that like Savior Complex, Moon Song, and I Know the End are probably top three for me. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, do you like the screaming on I Know the End? Is that is that something that's you know you that you appreciate? Because whenever I listened to it for the first time, it scared me. I was like, oh wow, like, <laughs> it came out of nowhere. I love the screaming. Um, I think that it was very bold of her to end the album like that. And I thought it was really awesome when she was able to like smash the guitar during the screaming part on SNL, which was really cool. Man, that's so nice. Uh, I I haven't seen the SNL uh, sketch actually, her performance on there. I need to check that out. Um, Yeah, for me, like I I think every single time I listened to it, I appreciate it. It was just that first time it was terrifying. I listened like it it came out like, you know, June 19th and I listened to it like the same night. So it was like two o'clock in the morning. Last song, I'm like drifting in and out because this is not s- certainly like the most high energy album, and uh, it definitely woke me up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for for me, like I really, you know, it's kind of basic, but I liked Kyoto a lot. Like the first time I heard it, and it, you know, just a summer song, and it came out during the summer, and you just gotta, you know, have your windows down playing it. I loved um, Halloween, great song mm-hmm. there too. And um, I also like the folk one, Graceland too. That had like I was a bit into like a lot of folk rock back in high school, and um, it definitely had that like slower vibe to it. And I think that she definitely experimented with it, and it came out fantastic. Definitely. Um. So this track again, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic here. How do you think the fact this album was released during the coronavirus affected the way that like? people connected with it do you think that the motifs that she's talking about hit people harder because we were so locked up and isolated or in a place of like pure fear yeah i think that you know well first of all a lot of people that listen to phoebe bridgers i would say do struggle with like um mental health issues but i think that right now everybody to some extent is struggling because this is an unnatural like phenomenon that we're all living through like humans are social beings are supposed to see each other instead of like kind of like having so much anxiety about seeing other people and I think that like a lot of the songs on the album are about loneliness and like the feeling of like wanting something and not having it or the feeling of having something and feeling like you're not fulfilled 
And so I think that like, it's just a really apocalyptic album. And that's like also in like the production style. I just like really feel it was like the apocalypse. And it's funny because like Phoebe Bridgers wrote all of these songs like years ago. Before, but like, yeah, it was all recorded before the pandemic. Yeah, but it's just like, it just fits so well with right now. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people like, argued about whether or not she released it at the right time because it was just like peak pandemic. And mm-hmm. also like she hasn't been able to tour or anything. So the album very well could have been a flop. Like it could have been right. because like artists make so much money off of touring and somebody like Phoebe Bridgers, mm-hmm. who was going to like open for the 1975, like she would have made so much more money off of it. But I think it's really cool that she's like taking advantage of like the situation and has had all these really cool like at home concerts and like mm-hmm. has really made it interesting. Are you are you a fan of the seeing those at home concerts? Yeah, I think they're I think they're really fun. She I appreciate that every time she goes on like one of these like late night shows or like does something, she like mm-hmm. tries to do it from her bathroom or like gets like, <laughs> a green screen or does something fun. She's she's really creative. Man, yeah, and I I really like appreciate the point where because we were in a pandemic, because we were feeling like so lonely, so isolated, it felt like it came at the perfect time almost. Um, I you know I I can't imagine like it during listening to this during like you know real life and it having the same kind of cultural moment that it did during you know pandemic because that was like you know when we finally were starting to realize like this isn't coming to an end anytime soon like around June where. Um, up till then, it was like, hey, maybe if we stay inside for another like couple weeks, or if we put on masks or do any of the distancing stuff that they tell us to do, mm-hmm. um, it it felt really hopeless at that point, and it's you know feeling better now. But I can't imagine a better time for it to come out and you know reflect the American or the worldwide psyche at the time. Um, so, and a lot of it has to do with like the sadness, the anxiety, the just pure fear that you're in during you know these times. Um, and she's especially known for her sad lyrics. What are what are some of your like favorite lines off the album, whether they're sad or not? Yeah, I think um, Garden Song, the doctor put her hand over my liver. She told me my resentment's mm-hmm. getting smaller. No, I'm not afraid of hard work. I get everything I want. I mm-hmm. think is like a really, really great line because one, she was saying that she didn't even like make up the doctor liver conversation that actually happened to her and that's something that her doctor did say and it's cool because like you can take something that might be like out of context and like put it in a song and just make it hit so much differently than oh, the real that, was a, that was a true story like she yeah isn't that crazy her, yeah wait how does a doctor tell if your resentment's getting smaller off based off your liver i'm not sure but I mean, it could be something like ignoring her liver problems or mm, something. Okay. That's kind of the way okay. I interpreted it. But I, I thought it was yeah. cool because, you know, yeah. it goes to like mental health. But um, And I love when she's like, no, I'm not afraid of hard work. I get everything mm. I want because it's like that's something that like a lot of people have said about her because of the whole like Ryan Adams situation that like she just like kind of was like handed all of the fame that she has, which I don't agree with at all, but like whenever you're like a woman artist and like are in like a com- basically male dominated field, it's like people make all sorts of excuses for why you're successful. Right. Um, I think that my other favorite line um, 
is in Moon Song, where it's like that entire part where it's like, um, you're holding me like water in your hands when you saw the mm-hmm. dead little bird. You started crying. I was just about to say that that entire metaphor. You know, you, so uh, bird, you know, the killer doesn't understand. Like that was, yeah. I, I literally had it wrote, written down that one entire series because she brought it back in another song too i think or at at the end of the same song and i was like yeah great callback and you really like you know you look at it like the whole idea of that relationship from a whole nother perspective you really do and it's crazy because it's like whenever she sings that song live she says dead yellow bird and that's a reference in a lot of bright eyes songs and so it's like it's like confirmed that that song is about connor oberst which is just like, I mean, like, I don't like prying into artists' lives, but I thought it was cool that she, like, she tried to cross over that Bright Eyes reference to see if anybody would get it. But, um, yeah, and it's it's just so good because that dog and bird theme comes back, I think, in I Know the End is exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about. And it's just, like, that same idea of, like, kind of, like, coming back to somebody's door and being like, Hey, look what I found, like this dead bird. And like, obviously like, like the owner of the dog is not happy that the dog brought home this dead bird, but the dog thinks that it's really awesome that they've changed that they've got something good. And it's just kind of like that idea in relationships where you can like think that you're changing or think that you're doing something good for somebody else, but they could interpret it like the completely opposite way. Right. Effort doesn't always translate into appreciation and that's, you know, it's just an important thing to recognize. And I think she talks about it really well. Another reason that lyric stood out to me was because uh, I'd gotten a dog at the exact, you know, same time as this album came out. And like a week (laughs) after my dog actually did catch a bird on our walk and was just like holding it in his mouth for like two minutes before I even realized what was going on. There's like blood (laughs) dripping and he was... Uh, I just looked up and he was like super happy about it and uh, like pried out. Yeah, awful experience, but he, he thought he did a good job. So not a, not hits a little closer to home for me than I, I'd liked for it to. Um, so w- we've talked about a few of these specific songs, but do you think that like there's, you know, songs like Kyoto, you could listen to it on its own and just have it be like, okay, this is my favorite Freebie Bridgers song. But is Punisher an album that you have to listen through to all the way through in order to understand all the things that it's talking about? Or could you skip around and still get the same theme? I think like um, I listened to an interview that she did with um, DJ Cheryl Waters, who's like the God tier DJ at, at KXP. And she told Cheryl that basically like, she thinks that the album like needs to be listened to in order because she like put a lot of thought into like how the story of the album shapes versus like in stranger in the Alps. She like, didn't really think about that for her first album. And she just had like Connor Oberst to put the songs in an order that he thought made sense. And so I think when like artists are really intentional about sharing a story like that, it's important to listen to the album in entirety because like there will be things that you just miss when you don't do that. Like, for example, like I think like the the like Chinese satellite to moon mm-hmm. song and then having savior complex after that is like really like she was trying to kill us all by doing that. <laughs> but like, I mean, it tells like a beautiful story about like 
like Chinese satellite is like questioning like God and, you know, whether or not there is one or like, but then also like translating that to like uncertainty and in relationships. And then you go into moon song, which is just like about yearning, but then there's savior complex, which is about like being with someone, but then realizing that it's like maybe not healthy best, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's It's like a story. And, but, but also at the same time, like, I mean, I also love listening to just, like, my favorite standout tracks. Like, mm-hmm. there are times that I'll just listen to, like, Kyoto on repeat or, like, Garden Song on repeat. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that's a great experience, too. But I think everyone should listen to it straight through. I agree. I think that it's one of those where you have to, at least the first time you hear it, you have to go to it all the way through. You have to pay attention to the lyrics because it's such a lyrically heavy album. And you're going to miss something if you don't. But once you've gotten that experience, I think it's okay to kind of skip around, like, you know, as much as I love This Is The End, I'm not going to go back and listen to it as much as I you know, would any other song, just because, as I said, screaming bothers me. But uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, I, I definitely think it's one that, at least the first time, you got to hear it all the way through. Um, all right. Is this Phoebe Bridger's peak? Is this better than Stranger in the Alps or better than anything that she's going to come out with later? Do you think that um, she's still on the rise? It's definitely not her peak, and that's for sure. Um, I think that this is Phoebe Bridgers coming into her own sound, and I think that the next album is going to be even more insane. Um, Stranger in the Alps is, like, really my favorite album of all time. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I I think that people... But the reason why is that I think that, like, I found the album in a time where like I really needed to find that album. Mm. And it's funny that like music comes into your life like that, but like it's hard for me to feel that same way about Punisher because I feel like I haven't had any new experiences in all of this. Like every day to me feels exactly the same. I pretty much just like spend the day in my apartment and like leave to go on walks and like get groceries. And so it's like, all my memories with Punisher are like things that like happen sitting in front of your laptop. Yeah. For me, like it's like sitting in front of your laptop. It's, you know, waking up and doing the same thing over and over again and trying to like have some idea, like make some kind of memories, change up the day a little bit, but especially during the pandemic, it's just been so freaking hard. So there, and I think, you know, for me, so many of the albums that I love, they come from such iconic parts of my life. You know, like The Life of Pablo. I understand that it's Kanye's, not Kanye's best album, but it's my favorite Kanye album because that's when I first got my car in high school and I was I had it burned <laughs> onto a CD and just listened to it all the time. And exactly. I have such strong memories from it. And when I think of Punisher, it's just a year-long blur of, you know, listening to it a lot, but not actually remembering when I was listening to it or understanding, like, or just making any strong, you know, emotional connection with it. Yeah, like, I don't have, like, with all of the songs off of Stranger in the Alps, like, I could tell you, like, I was listening to this song when, like, this thing happened in my life, when this thing happened mm-hmm. in my life. But with this this album, like, legitimately, it was me listening to it on my computer while doing, like, online school, which, like, yeah. is not, like, I mean, like, also, like, I feel like like songs are associated with like summer whenever they come out in summer, but mm. like everybody had such a terrible summer. So it's right. like, I don't really know what to say about that. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, next one. Was this the best album of 2020? I think so. Yes. And 
I think that it's because it fit 2020 so well. And Mm -hmm. it's crazy that she was not able to anticipate that, but still like made this album. And her fan base has grown so much since this album came out. I checked her Instagram followers, like, um, actually, honestly, before SNL, she had, like, 532K Instagram followers. And now she has more than 800K. So she's, like, on the rise. And I'm pretty sure she had, like, 300-ish before this album came out. So her fan base is, like, more than doubled. And I think that, like, TikTok and all is, like, really helping with that. So... I'm really happy for her with all of the success that she's gotten. And I can't say that any other album that came out last year was received like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking through right now the top albums of 2020 as told by our favorite publication, Pitchfork. Um, <laughs> shout out Pitchfork. Uh, they do not sponsor us, but please do. Um, yeah, they, they put Fiona Apple's Fetch the Bolt Cutters first and Waxahachie's St. Cloud and Moses Sumney's Grey in front of Phoebe Bridgers, who was number four. And I have to say, none of those other albums really stood out to me as super fantastic. So I would have to say this one is... I remember when I listened to it for the first time, I was like, it's June, but is it too early to say that this is probably going to be the best album of 2020? Because like like we've been talking about this entire time, it just captured the feelings of that moment so particularly. And the crazy thing is that moment wasn't even a moment. It's this year-long odyssey of just pure repetition you know boredom whatever else that we've been going through and it took some of those feelings and even if they weren't you know the source material they captured them so well and you know you just translated to what we were thinking at the time very well said i will say though that i think that what they ranked as number one and two like fiona apple and waxahachie Mm -hmm. are my number two and number three picks probably Mm, okay but I still think that Punisher tops them because I don't think that either of those albums fit the time that we're living in. They feel like albums that were made to be released in a normal world versus Beauty yeah. Bridgers feels like it was made for this apocalypse. All right. I think that's a good note to end on. We kind of have a good summary of that album. I recommend that you go check it out. You know, we're on the podcast now, so we can we can definitely do that. Uh Go go check out Phoebe Bridgers Punisher. Check out Stranger in the Alps. Um, follow her on Instagram so that eight hundred thousand can get up to nine hundred thousand, hopefully a million <laughs> sometime soon. Uh, Rhea, do you have any other comments about Punisher? You get to go. I'm good to go. I hope that y'all enjoyed listening to this. 